From the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster we present Let the Bible Speak. It's good to have you join us today as we spend time around the Word of God, preaching Christ in all his fullness to men and women in all their need. bow together, please, in the attitude of prayer. Let us seek the Lord's face for his blessing upon our coming together. Let's all pray. Our gracious and eternal God and Father, we bow in thy sacred presence, coming before thee on the only grounds we have, that of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We acknowledge 
Thou art God, and beside thee there is none else. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that is ours of belonging to thee today. Thank you for what it is to know that our sins, which were many, have all been washed away. We thank you for that gift of repentance and faith that was given to so many. We have closed in with Christ and his offer of mercy. We know the joy of sins blotted out that never be remembered against us anymore. And we can look forward as thine own blood-bought people to a home in heaven one day. Oh, what a joy it is to know Christ as a personal Savior. Thank you, Lord. There is hope for this world today. We look around us and we see sin on every hand, but we thank thee there is life today for a look at the crucified one. And our prayer would be for this little time as we spend together around thy word, that we might know thy presence, that it might please thee to reveal thyself afresh to our hearts. Speak to any who don't know the Savior, those who are, are as yet without hope, still living in nature's darkness. Our prayer would be, Lord, that thou will open the blinded eyes, reveal Christ to the sinner, and may there be that readiness to have done with sin, to lay hold upon him, the one whom to know is life eternal. Bless our coming together. Bless thy servant as he opens the word to us. We pray that in all things, Christ will have the preeminence and that here his name might be glorified. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You'll find our scripture reading in Romans chapter 6, and we're breaking in at verse 17 of the chapter. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men, because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Lord bless these verses to our hearts for his name's sake. We're going to sing together from that well-known hymn, Have You Been to Jesus for the Cleansing Power? Are You Washed in the Blood of the Lamb?
like to thank our brother Raymond for leading the service tonight and for the reading of the Scriptures. Now, I'd like us to turn to this passage here in Romans, uh, the chapter 6, and the verse that I want to leave with you is the verse 23. Romans 6 and the verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, every individual expects to receive wages for their labor and for their work. That is their just reward. And of course, it would be unjust uh, for the boss to withhold the wage that is due to the worker. We would think it strange if the, the boss over the business were to say, Uh, to the individual, or perhaps to many people, yes, you have done a good job, you have worked hard, but I am keeping your wages. There is no reward, there is no money for you. We would think that a very extraordinary thing indeed. Now, of course, it follows that it would be unjust to allow sin for to go unpunished. For our God is a just God, and He will not pass over sin. He tells us in His Word that He will judge sin. Sin will not go unpunished. And of course, there is an eternal separation from God. For those who live in this world live for themselves, live for the pleasure of sin, and turn their back upon the Lord and upon the gospel. And here in this passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul here reminds God's people of their past lives and what they were like. He said, What fruit had ye then in those things, whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. He's reminding them of their former lives and how they lived. And he's asking the question, he puts the question, What benefit? What fruit had you then in those things? For the end of of that life, the end of these things is death. Sin will not go unpunished. But by the grace of God, they were converted and saved, and they turned unto the Lord, and they lived for Him and for His glory. Now that is one absolute certainty. The wages of sin is death. But here is the other. Eternal life is free, is the free gift of God that the Lord gives to undeserving sinners who put their trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that also is an absolute certainty. It is a great truth. The Apostle Paul, again writing to the church at Ephesus, reminds him there in the chapter 2 in the verses 8 and 9, He says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yes, sin has a terrible wage, but thank God for the free grace, the saving grace of the Lord, that it is God's free gift. And of course, we all by nature We are filled with pride and boasting. That is in each and every one of us. 
as we're born into this world. Well, we say that perhaps um, I, have, I have earned this salvation, or I can earn it by my good works, by my good living, and how I conduct myself in this life and in this world. That is man by nature. But of course, we have nothing. We have nothing that we can boast of. We have nothing that we can contribute to this great and wonderful gift here that the Apostle Paul speaks of. And this is what we want to think about for a few moments. Now here, first of all, is a unique or unparalleled gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That is, of course, there is no gift in the whole world can be compared to this. No gift. Now we think of the great treasures uh, and the great gifts that individuals have presented to others all back through the centuries and back through the ages. People have given large houses and great estates as gifts to others. Precious jewels of silver and of gold some perhaps that are priceless even to this very day, and great paintings as well, and, and great antiques, all the gifts, the great treasures that people have passed on to others. But nothing, as I say, can be compared to this great offer of the gospel. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I wonder today, do you possess this gift? Do you have it? Is it yours? Are you delighting in it? The gift of God? Perhaps you thought at one time, well, if there is such a gift, I would like to have it, but I can earn it. I can work for it. I can do certain things. But do you see that it is all of God's free grace and mercy? It is His gift. It is, in fact, without money and without price. And no treasure at all in this world can be compared to this. We read there, for example, in Mark's Gospel, in the chapter 8, verses 36 and 37, For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And what shall he give in exchange for his soul? Now, it's not possible for an individual, for anyone, for to gain the whole world. Remember the words of our Savior, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? No, he can never, ever gain this whole world. But it is possible for a man to lose his soul, his precious soul, that immortal soul that God has given unto, me, unto him. Man has a soul, there are so many people that think today, well, we're just a little bit more advanced perhaps than the animal. But God has given to us a mind to think. He has given to man a conscience, and he has given to man a precious, precious soul, that soul that will live for all eternity. And Job reminds us there in Job chapter 1 and in the verse 21, he says, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. 
You see, all our gifts and all our treasures must all be abandoned and must all be left behind. It is certain we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out. No matter what we have gained, no matter how much treasure we have, we can take nothing with us. But there is something, of course, that is very, very wonderful and very precious, and that is the soul of man. We're more than the animal. We have a soul. Where will your soul be in eternity? People today, they're occupied with so many different troubles and worries and so many questions and queries. But here's the greatest of all. Here's the most important of all. What about my soul? Where will I spend eternity? I want you to think about this gift. It's unique. There's nothing can be compared to it. It is the most wonderful gift in the whole world. And James reminds us there as well, in James chapter 4 and the verse 14, he says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. And how quickly our years pass by, and our days and our lives are short. Life is brief. Life is brief. No, you need to be ready. You need to be ready for to meet God. You need to be ready for to stand before him. And praise God you can be when you think about what God has done and the great provision that he has made. Yes, the wages of sin is death. What an awful wage. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let your eyes focus dear friends, upon this text of Scripture. Let your eyes focus upon these words just. How easily we can pass over uh, Scripture, verses, and great truths. The gift of God is eternal life. Sometimes when we lose something, perhaps at night time in the dark you lose something, you drop something, it may be very precious, and you go for your torch, you go for your lamp, and you go around, and suddenly you focus your light upon that which you have found, and you concentrate upon it. And you're happy, you're delighted that you have found the thing that you had lost, and you focus upon it. Don't we do the very same thing with binoculars in the countryside? some wonderful sight, something that it stands out, and you focus upon it. Dear friend, focus upon this. Focus upon this great truth. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes, here is something that will not vanish. Our present age, as we know, will come to an end. It may not be very far away at all. Time goes swiftly by. The world is not going to go on forever. And this world is heading on toward judgment. It's heading on toward judgment. Oh, be ready. Be ready and look to the Lord. Claim this gift. But there is something else about this gift also. 
And it is, of course, unmerited. It is an unmerited gift. Everything we have, somebody said on one occasion, that everything we have has been obtained in one of three ways. We have earned it, or we stole it, or someone gave it to us as a gift. Somebody gave us something as a great gift. Now, of course, here's the great difficulty with so many people when they come to think about salvation, when they hear the gospel preached, and when the truth is presented before them. And perhaps they look at a verse like this, the gift of God is eternal life, and they think how wonderful, how marvelous, I would love to have this. I would love to have this possession for my own. And then perhaps they begin to to weigh up things and to evaluate things. And they think to themselves, well, yes, this is wonderful, and I'm prepared. I'm prepared to pay a large sum of money that I might have this. I would donate a large sum of money to the church or wherever that I might come into this great possession. Some people think that they can earn the thing. And we know that looking back through history, looking back in in bygone days, people have undergone terrible torture, torture of body. They have put themselves for great pain that they might perform some good, that they might earn some merit with God. They have this fixed in their minds and in their hearts. If I'm going to gain this, I must work for it. I must pay for it. I must put my body through torture. I must fast so many days and so many weeks, as it were. No, dear friend, this is the gift of God. This is God's gift. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, said on one occasion, he says, I would not work my soul to save, for this my Lord hath done. My Lord hath done. You see, the Savior has paid the price. He came into the world to save sinners. There upon that cross on Calvary, he shed his precious blood. That precious blood cleanses from all sin. He has paid the price. And so now this great salvation, this wonderful gift, is offered to all those that will come confessing their need, confessing that they are sinners, sinners unclean, undone, and looking to the Lord alone for salvation and for mercy. There's a hymn we often sing that sums it up very well. God loved the world of sinners lost, and ruined by the fall, salvation full at highest cost, he offers free to all. Free to all. And dear soul, that includes you. If you will have it, if you will believe on him, and if you will look to the Savior, it's your salvation. Again, another hymn that we sing, Believing souls rejoicing go, there shall to you be given a glorious foretaste here below of endless life in heaven. 
an endless life in heaven. And that's before every believer. That is before every Christian born again of God's Holy Spirit, redeemed by the precious blood. As I have said, our time here in this world is brief. It is, as the hymn sums it up, life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf, like the binding of a sheaf be in time. We know not what's around the corner. We know not what tomorrow may bring forth. We have no guarantee even of this night that is before us. How important it is to be prepared and to be ready. Oh, don't think, dear soul, you have a payment to make, a down payment. Or you have to torture your body. You have to fast so many days. You have to undergo so many things, jump through so many loopholes. No, here's the free gift of God held out. And isn't it all summed up very well in that verse that we all know? John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Should not perish. But have everlasting life. Think upon that also. Oh, to perish, to go out into a lost eternity, to be lost, to be lost forever and forever. How awful to contemplate that. Here's a wonderful gift, but there's something else about it. It is an unclaimed gift. It is unclaimed. Fortunes go unclaimed. Every year, someone dies, there's no relative can be found, and there's no one to claim the inheritance. Claim it, oh, claim it by the grace of God. Jesus says, you will not come to me that you might have life. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, bless thy word we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for spending some time with us today around the Word of God. For further information, visit our website at ltbs.tv. We look forward to joining with you next time as we seek to let the Bible speak once again. Thank you.